You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and this is episode number 951. With over 20 years of experience in management consulting, Michael Brainard brings his skills and background into his firm, Brainard Strategies. They work with you to develop your emerging leaders, your developing leaders, and your strategic leaders. Their leadership services range from coaching to development and planning. Their approach helps clients see a clear future within their firm and provides great insight. Michael joins us today to share how we all can use innovative strategies throughout our organization to help us win in the marketplace. Michael, welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. Thank you, Rick. It's good to have you here. Uh, Great to be here. For those of you who may not have heard the original interview that we had with Michael some time ago, I wonder if you could just set the context. Tell us a little bit about your professional background. What kind of led you up to where you are today, my friend? Well, it really started in graduate school. I didn't know what industrial and organizational psychology was, as many people still don't, but it really is the blend of sort of business and productivity and efficiency with the human dimension of psychology. That started me down a path of sort of intertwining uh, more analytical roles as well as more sort of soft skill roles throughout uh-huh. my career. So that blend has maybe put me in a position where I can look at uh, sort of human systems and business productivity, usually in pretty good balance. So take me back to those days. What is it in your brain that made you curious about both sides of that equation? Well, I was hit a lot. I was a wrestler in college and, <laughs> okay, I, well. and a small-time professional boxer. So no more. I have um, I have more of an introverted nature where I really like the predictive analytics and some of the industrial psychology stuff. Uh-huh. Um, to be very candid with you, I was much more of an introvert and happy doing that. I realized for my own professional development, I had to get comfortable in front of people and really learn how to interact with groups and humans differently. So I felt like going through this own process of becoming a leader and my own journey to want to lead in the consulting firms I worked in young Uh really gave me um, sort of a personal engagement with leadership as well as the academic engagement with leadership. So I really came to the practice that I got through my own exploration and wanting to be a better leader. Oh, that's excellent. You know, I, I love it because I think technology is now catching up to where we can actually start to quantify some of these soft skills, right? Absolutely. We can measure the brain. We can understand how people react. And we're now bringing data into what was kind of gut feel and and logically correct. Well, and, and the, you know, one of the things that I think differentiates our firm, to be very fair with you is we're seeking to measure value. And in our field, people will talk about, well, what's the return on that investment in a training program or a right. program? Interesting question. More, more interesting is what value has been created by specific behavior changes and or specific organizational performance changes. Right. That sort of value measurement is much more easily done and well understood by finance professionals and 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 line executives than sort of a return on investment metrics or a cost benefit approach so we look at value metrics and i think that is one of our core differentiators Hmm. as we compete with other sort of human resources organizational development consulting firms so you're willing to stand on making changes that are positive and creating value for the organization through the programs that you that you implement it's hard to get people to change their behavior, isn't it, Michael? Well, particularly mid-career, yes. moderately successful executives, right? So right. I've got what got me yeah, here. Yeah. Hey, worked. And so you know, there's 
two or three levers we try to pull at our firm. So when we work with our human resources clients, they're generally trying to develop programs to develop their leaders and employees. One of the things we want to do first is tie our initiatives to business changes or uh, strategic imperatives. So rather than roll out a leadership development program for its own sake, what's changing in the business? Which leaders need to change certain behaviors? And where are those groups and what are the behaviors that need to be changed? If we can tether the behavior change to an urgent event or to a business event, our likelihood goes up. The second thing we're trying to do is create a learning gap. It's very, very important that we don't develop people to be nice. We don't develop people (laughs) to be caring. We have to realize that successful adults are usually pretty righteous. Uh, They may not say it that way, but we create a learning gap by using assessments, by using feedback, by using objective third-party intervention, 360s, things like this. Uh I really believe that without creating a learning gap, the uptake on any behavior change goes down. You've got to create that gap. So when you say learning gap, that is in the eyes of the person who you're looking to help modify and improve and change their behavior. That's exactly right. So they have to realize, I have a gap. That's exactly right. Uh, Paul, can we press the gong, please? Because I think... Michael Brainer just gave us a teachable moment in our <laughs> Critical Mass radio show. I think that's true across the spectrum. Of course. People have to identify and feel comfortable with the fact that we've identified a gap, and we're here about helping you to cover cross that gap, right? Yeah. Without that gap, where is the urgency or the need for change? So it's a nice to have. So that yeah. becomes another human resources program that's nice to have. We want to have two things. We want to have business urgency, and we want to have an individual learning gap. If we can marry those two things, we can usually be sort of setting a fertile field for growth. So, so tell me the type of clients that you that Brainard Strategies tends to help. What, I mean, what, in the marketplace, who, who do you find is the takes up the, the services most readily? So our firm is uh, somewhat interesting in that we're – if for our field, we're probably more of a mid-sized firm. We serve as very large behemoth corporations. And I'll give you a humorous answer, and I'll give you a real answer. I drive down the freeway, and I see big cement buildings. And I always point at those buildings and say, when they stuff lots of humans in those buildings, withhold resources, <laughs> and say, be highly productive, I have job security. Okay. Right? So that's the humorous answer, or semi-humorous answer. And there's answer. some of those going up here in Orange County. Well, they're everywhere. Yeah. So um, we have a lot of abundant markets, right? So we help people... You know, get all, and these large organizations, they have some level of sophistication. In many companies, they have parts of their business that are growing, parts of their business that aren't growing. Right. So we're targeting sort of the Fortune 500, perhaps the Fortune 1000. Large companies have some level of sophistication, have some known challenges around people and process. And we feel like if we can come at us as an outsider, we can act as a change agent and we can act as a management consulting firm who brings best thinking or new thinking or even fresh thinking okay. in the case that the internal resources know the answers as well, but we can sometimes be that outside voice. Right. And, and sometimes the larger, more complex organizations have, there's much more richness for which within which you need to work because the interplay between these different departments and functions are much greater than smaller organizations as well. It's a little more complex. Well, you add humans, you add levels, you add structures, and you add complexity. And where there's complexity, there's challenge. That's uh, that's You had me at humans. (laughs) (laughs) Right. All right. We're we're talking with Michael Brainerd. We're going to take a quick break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. When I come back, I, I want to talk to you about your Accelerate Forum. Great. All right. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. One commercial. It's about me, and it lasts for a minute. So I hope you'll listen to it and be back with us shortly. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. 
Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. All of our shows can be heard on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guests' websites whose CEOs have appeared on our radio show. You know, since we started airing the show on octalkradio.net and on podcasts, we've reached several hundred thousand listeners through our live stream and podcast. Simply type in these four words into your favorite podcasting software to find our weekly show, Critical Mass Radio Show. And like magic, you will get each week one, two, or three, or maybe even four interviews that I do with interesting people like Michael Brainard, who is CEO and founder of Brainard Strategies. Before the break, I said I wanted to ask you to explain your Accelerate Forum. Would you be so kind? Well, thank you for asking. Our Accelerate Program is an executive development program that our team has worked very hard on. Marissa Waldman, Kay Bassey, and myself, um, as well as other team members, have really worked to build this program and refine it. What it effectively is, the Accelerate program, we offer to intact companies. So we would go into Intel or the Irvine company, as an example, and offer a holistic program that includes assessments and coaching and feedback and training and uh, action learning projects and simulations. What we found was many of our middle market clients would not have enough peers or enough people to form a cohort group. Okay. So uh, Marissa had the bright idea, um, which I'm thankful about, to open this up in a public forum. So really, um, Rick, you would have Rick Forenzi Corporation, and you would only have one vice president or three vice presidents that would be ready for this kind of executive development program. Well, you're not going to run a cohort group of three, so maybe we take these two or three, we blend them with two or three execs from another company, another company, another company. What we found is that that mix of organizations and industries really provided a great peer learning effect. Um, you're so my st- in addition to the coaching Love and it. the training, these people coming together and being asked to be vulnerable and be asked to share their development experiences and learn from one another, it's just been an absolute home run. So we're running a forum group in Orange County starting in February of 2017. Okay. Uh, in Texas, we have one currently going, and we run them down in Carlsbad uh, frequently as well. So we'll do two or three of these a year, running 12, 15 execs throughout a time from a variety of companies. Well, it's a way to extend your IP into different markets then as well. And to your point, uh, large companies who might want to try before they buy and okay. invest uh, might send one or two folks as well. So we're awfully proud of the program. It's a very holistic development program. And uh, our team, each member of my you know team has really put their fingerprints on the program. We're really proud of it. Well, that's great. And you say you have one up and running now in Texas? Is that what I heard? That's true. We have okay. one currently in Texas. And, and so you're getting, and getting the kind of results you had expected? It's, um, the, again, it sounds like it might be exceeding your yeah, expectations. Yeah, it's exceeding our expectations. I'm very, very proud of that. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a proponent of the power of peer learning. Right. I think it's a superpower for businesses if they can adopt it, and this sounds like a perfect crucible for that to happen 
That's that's exactly what it is. And when you combine that peer learning with uh, assessment and executive coaching and yes. then ask people to work on action learning or business projects, you really start finding that blend that allows people to drive and challenge their own development. Right. And I'm way. sure the companies that are sponsoring them are finding that they're bringing this, this positive infection back into the business as well. Well, the feedback from Capital Group and Young's Market and other organizations that have put people through the forum um, has been overwhelmingly positive. We're very proud and humbled by it. Beautiful. Okay. Well. Coming to a city near you soon, right? <laughs> you know, right. we were talking about bias in decision-making, and I know that you've done some research in this area. So can, can you benefit my audience a little bit with kind of the research that you've done? So in all of our executive development programs, whether it's individual executive coaching, our Accelerate Forum, our Elevate programs, all of our management and leadership programs, we talked about the learning gap earlier. One of the things I have found is that this term unconscious bias has really been owned by the diversity and inclusion literature and thinkers in the past. I find that the Unconscious bias greatly affects leadership decision-making broadly. It isn't just about inclusivity. It's about leadership decision-making. So we set about a couple of years ago really being dragged by a client to understand uh, how this mechanism works biologically. Can can I interrupt you? Yes, please. Would you define... How you, your definition for unconscious bias for my audience? Absolutely. It's basically an out-of-awareness. It's unconscious. It, it's an out-of-awareness biological process whereby the brain processes many billions of stimuli right. out of your awareness. And so we are drawn toward things that are more familiar to us. Oh we are gosh. drawn away from things that are less familiar with us, mostly out of our awareness. And it drives our behavior. So you're not even consciously not aware, even aware. This... Uh, As an example, someone in my in-group, I may sit closer to, I may ask more questions, I may be more interested in. Somebody in my out-group, I may ask less questions, I may actually create some more physical separation. None of this is known to me. I'm not actively being biased, <laughs> but these things impact our, our right. perception and more specifically, they impact our ability to make holistic decisions. Right, because the very nature of that sounds like you're kind of tightening around the same axis over and over. Without even realizing it, you're sort of limiting your options and reinforcing your belief system and stereotypes. Well, let me tell you, a TED Talk I'm preparing is it gets worse. (laughs) So what gets worse is unconscious bias happens down in the amygdala, deep in the brain. Uh And usually in human behavior, when we get an impulse, we want to attach meaning to it or make sense of it. We do that by looking backwards into our memory. Elizabeth Loftus at UCI has done our lifetime of research on how faulty memory is. We attach selected memories, not all memories, (laughs) and only our memories, not all experiences. So by the time that impulse travels, travels through the brain when we attend to it, we've got a little unconscious bias gone. Then we got a little sort of retroactive inference, which is a fancy term for saying we attach memory to these impulses. And then we get up into the frontal cortex where we have rational brain and we know there's confirmation bias there. We seek information in our environment that makes us feel good about ourselves. We don't necessarily seek all the information in our environment that might allow us to know that we're wrong. You see this in executive behavior show up as in the following example. I'm great at hiring, says the CEO. Well, the head of HR might say, well, actually, you're not. And yes, I am, because look at Frank and Sally and Raphael. They're fantastic. The head of HR might politely look at the CEO and say, but what about the other four people that we just had to walk out of the building who you hired in the last year? (laughs) I don't remember that. That's not me. I look for information in my ecosystem. I'm generally pretty good at this. With success and with tenure, this stuff gets pretty, pretty, as you said, it gets tighter. Our worldview, our ability to process information gets much smaller and tighter. And it takes some work to get out of these biases. 
processes and really widen the straw that we pull information in from. So I heard you say you're preparing a TED Talk. I also heard you say that you, you, you've developed content white paper research work. Is, is this available? Is the research available for people? So our firm, uh, I think everyone in our firm has just blasted out through all the social media avenues. Okay. Uh, wow, our really unconscious kindly. bias white paper, we've launched it uh, this week, as a matter of fact. BrainerdStrategy.com will be another source where you can go and pull that down. And if anybody has any interest, they can simply go on BrainerdStrategy.com and pull down this white paper. Okay. Our team's done a great deal of research and put a lot of hard work into not only sort of understanding this topic, but more specifically, how does it impact leadership decision-making, and then what can we do about it? It's not about shaming. It's not about the majority class. It's about education and development so that we can make better, more holistic decisions. And in my opinion, the the quality of the decisions that a top executive or an executive team makes, is, especially on strategic issues, drives the success or failure of the business. And many times you can't draw that performance directly back to those strategic decisions, but the relationship is still very real and there. There are many anecdotes. We won't go into them, but look at the career of Robert Nardelli since he left General Electric, right? His biases were that General Electric was a world-class business. Therefore, Home Depot will be run like General Electric. We know how that went. Ford will be run like General Electric. We know how that went. And Robert Nardelli got very rich off of severance packages. Okay. So our biases can very negatively impact as you mentioned, strategic decisions yes. just as much as hiring and performance management and all those sort of more traditional decisions right. we think of. And it's hard to speak truth to power. So you, in your example, you said the HR person was saying, well, boss, what about those four people? Right. Many times they never say that with him in the room. Absolutely. They say it outside of his, his or her presence. Yeah, and so that's one of our missions in our firm is to really highlight this bias into all of our executive development programs and talk about how it impacts innovation. How does it impact team formation? How does it impact strategic decision-making? We know how it impacts hiring and performance management and promotion. That road is paved, and it's well paved with great data, but we're expanding from there to help our leaders grow and develop. Well, this is really exciting work that you're doing. I mean, I think this is – because just bringing it into our consciousness allows us to at least process it and ask ourselves – did any of those filters happen in this decision? That's right. And now if we can add some, what Jim Collins talks about, the, the discipline of thought, right? If we can add some discipline processes and mechanisms around decision-making, around information processing, now we can really help executives add to their tools kit rather than challenge them and shame them because they're some Michael, sort of... Michael, I think we came full circle on this interview, right? You started saying about how in college you were interested in both sides of, you know, the human side and, and the data and industrial side. It sounds like with this paper, you, you're... you're it's one example of how you're bringing that uniqueness to bear in the marketplace. See, you are an executive coach. You're holding up a mirror in front of me and highlighting that I've come full circle. Thank you very much, No, I mean, that, I mean that's I, that was, it was perfect. And, and yeah. unfortunately, we're out of time, no too, problem. so we're right no on problem. it. So. Thank you for having me. No, tell me, how to, tell me your website and spell your name. BrainerdStrategy.com, B-R-A-I-N-A-R-D, BrainerdStrategy.com. And again, thank you for having me. I think this is fantastic. I'm one of the things I'm going to do tomorrow is I'm going to download this white paper. This is fascinating content. I can't wait to read it. Thank you for putting the time into the research. Thank you for having me again. It's great to have you as a friend of the uh, the community and a part of the Renaissance and Critical Mass uh, uh, CEO Peer Group community, Michael Brainerd. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it up for this show yet again. I hope you found this valuable, and if you did, please feel free to tell some friends about the show. That's how we grow our footprint. Uh, I'd like to thank our engineer for today none other than paul roberts our producers are crystal nunley joan park and Haley stern of course i'm your host rick franzi and if you'd like to learn more about the radio show or the firm that i i built visit critical mass for forbusiness.com and until our next show i hope all your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction 
You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.